We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Spring football practice has kicked off for Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks football program. Today, we're breaking down the top storylines from the first two practices in Eugene. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How's everybody doing? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Just in case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. We got a jam-packed episode for you guys today. It is Monday, March 20th. Like I said in the intro, Dan Landing and the Oregon Ducks have returned to the practice fields in Eugene at the Hatfield Dowling Complex to kick off spring football. The Ducks holding the first two of their 15 allotted spring practices last Thursday and then on Saturday. So today I wanted to kind of break down the top storylines from those first two practices. The Ducks will now take a break until April 4th when they resume spring football practice in Eugene. The Ducks have finals this week and then spring break. Uh, the university will hold its spring break the following week. So uh, important for the Ducks to have a little bit of time to focus on their studies, obviously, and then uh, just enjoy being students, enjoy being kids and have a, having a spring break. A lot of these guys that enrolled early are going to get to go home um, you know, to various parts of the country to get that time with their families, although it, it does feel a little weird to, to have just two practices and then take a break for two weeks around there, right? So that was one of the things that Dan Lanning was asked, and he said that it really mainly revolved around recruiting windows seeing that the Ducks uh, want to get their coaches out on the road in the month of May for the spring evaluation period, get in front of recruits, build relationships, see how they move, how they play upfront and personal with their own two eyes. So that's obviously really important. Lanning said that the Ducks will conclude spring football uh, the Monday after the spring game. So that is May 1st spring game set for Saturday, April 29th. Uh, in Eugene at Odson Stadium. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. You know, it's an awesome, exciting time for Oregon football after this kind of long hiatus, right? After the uh, between the Holiday Bowl win over North Carolina, you get a little bit uh, of a taste of some football with the scouting combine. And then the pro day was in Eugene last week. And then you have the NFL draft next month. But I think most really diehard Oregon fans are the most excited about spring football. And uh, also, if you're like me, recruiting. 
recruiting is definitely a fun one. And um, today we're going to be going through some of those top storylines. And then make sure you stay tuned to the end of the episode uh, for some recruiting notes coming out of a huge weekend for the Ducks. Lots of top targets flocking to Eugene. So let's hop into our first story to emerge from spring football. One of the most important things that Dan Lanning, Will Stein, and this Oregon coaching staff is going to have to focus on in the spring is managing Bo Nix's reps. The star quarterback announced his return to Oregon for another season, his last college season. Uh, you know, kind of in this offseason, he announced he was going to be coming back for 2023. A massive recruiting win for Dan Lanning, Will Stein, and the Ducks. Probably the biggest one of the season, right? We already talked about how important it is to have that consistency from one year to the next at quarterback and how that's been something the Ducks haven't been able to have these past couple years. Bo Nix is the face of the team. He's the face of the offense. And what they're going to have to do this this, uh, spring is manage Bo Nix's reps because he is a guy that does have a bit of an injury history, right? We know that in the 2021 season, before he got to Oregon, his last season at Auburn, he suffered a season-ending ankle injury. And then last year, he suffered an ankle injury again against the Washington Huskies, which really restricted, if not eliminated, his mobility as a quarterback. And that's one of the traits that makes him the most effective uh, in his game is that he can move and he can run. He was uh, just about to tie Marcus Mariota's program record for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback, I want to say, came up just one or two short. But Dan Lanning said that the team plans to be, quote, conscientious with Bo Nix's reps. Lanning added that he'll lean on the medical staff to help find that sweet spot, but he also was pretty, you know, upfront saying, you know, the only way you get better is if guys are going to play. So we're going to have to put him out there and have him go through reps. But fortunately for the Ducks, they do also have Ty Thompson, Austin Novosad, Marcus Sanders, and a number of walk-ons that uh, can kind of help divide up the reps. But it's really important for Oregon to keep Bonex healthy in the spring because he's the face of their offense and um, they really don't have a whole lot of depth at quarterback. If any proven depth at quarterback behind Bonex, um, you know, we've, I've talked before on the show, how it's admirable that Ty Thompson is, is staying at Oregon and looking to battle for that starting job in 2024, but um, he hasn't had a tremendous amount of success when he has seen the field. So they're still going to be trying to work out that depth chart and try to build him up more so that he's ready in the event that something does happen to Bo Nix, but can't over the, overstate the importance of keeping Bo Nix healthy throughout the spring and the 2023 season for Oregon. This is obviously the first season with Will Stein as the new offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach after he comes over from San Antonio. But uh, I think it's got to be a comfortable spot for Bo Nix. He's familiar with a lot of the receivers that he's playing with. You got a, a Really, really new look offensive line, but you have some veterans coming back and Jackson Powers Johnson, Stephen Jones, Marcus Harper II, and then some new guys in Junior Angelau and Ajani Cornelius, to name a few. Josh Connerly also coming back. We're going to talk about him later in this show. So it's a good situation for Bo Nix, without a doubt. I think all the all the pieces are there for him to have a successful 2023 season, um, but we know how important it's going to be for him to stay healthy so that the Ducks can get the most out of him and and really try to recreate, recapture some of that fire and some of that amazing production that made Bo Nix so tremendously successful in 2022. Our next story on today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast, will Jamal Hill change positions in 2023? 
This was one of the more kind of under the under the radar storylines that came out of the first couple of days of Oregon spring practice. Uh, Lanning was asked about Jamal Hill, you know, maybe working a little bit with the linebackers and, you know, more or less, is he going to stay at safety? Are we going to maybe see him move to linebacker? And he had this to say, quote, I think position versatility for all our guys. I think everybody here knows that we want to try guys at multiple positions if we can be our best team with Jamal at linebacker, we're going to work Jamal at that position. If we think we need him at quarterback, we'll move him to quarterback. I'm not really sure. I'm not really going to give out trade secrets. Wherever we can put guys in positions where they can help the team, that's what we're going to do. So he's not saying that it's not going to happen. Uh, but, you know, Lanning always saying, you know, Lanning with the media, he's kind of hinting at an answer, but not really giving the answer. But Either way, he's leaving the door open for Jamal Hill to play some inside linebacker uh, for the Ducks, seeing that that is the position that they need some of the most help with in the 2023 season. You obviously lose Noah Sewell. He expects to hear his name called in the 2023 NFL draft next month. He was the face of the inside linebacker position for the Ducks, um, but you saw some other guys transfer like Jackson LaDuke. He was a key piece of your depth. But they do have some returners coming back from a year ago, guys who have played a decent amount of football for the Ducks. Conversation there with returners at inside linebacker obviously starts with Jeffrey Bossa, who, like potentially like Hill, uh, is a converted safety. He signed with the Ducks in the 2021 class as a safety nickel-type back, but moved down to linebacker before the 2021 season because the Ducks were pretty stretched for depth there at that spot. So... I think that there is a clear need to add some more depth at inside linebacker. That's why the Ducks brought in Justin Jacobs from Iowa. He projects to be a plug and play starter on that defense in 2023. But you also have Keith Brown, who played some really good football for the Ducks at the end of the 2022 season, primarily in the Holiday Bowl and kind of that backstretch of the season. And then you have Devin Jackson and Harrison Taggart, two really highly recruited guys from the 2022 signing class that didn't really see the field too much, but they were both really lauded for their speed, for their athleticism. I think they have, you know, some some uh, some room to add weight to their frames. I think they're both around 6'1", 6'2", low 210s, 215s. But those guys can move, and they're definitely going to be in line for some more snaps this year. And I think that the spring is a great place for them to start, you know, staking their claim to more playing time. But let's look a little bit more at Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill has been at Oregon since 2019, kind of bursted out onto the scene in that 2019 Pac-12 championship game where he had two interceptions against USC to help the Ducks take the conference title from the Trojans uh, in Los Angeles, I might add. But Really, ever since that season, he hasn't been able to really replicate some of that those big plays, some of the some of the things that made him so special and so talented in that 2019 season. Basically, what I'm saying is we haven't really seen that same Jamal Hill since that 2019 Pac-12 championship game. Does that mean that he can't take a step forward this year or that he can't, you know, have a good season? Not at all. But I think it wouldn't make sense to write off a position change because he is a bigger bodied safety around six foot, uh, 215, 210 pounds, I want to say. So you try to maybe beef him up a little bit. But look at that safety room. That safety room is really, really, really crowded. You have Jamal Hill, 
who returns. He's a veteran. Steve Stevens, the fourth returns. He's a veteran. Brian Addison returns. He's a veteran. Um, and then you have some, some other guys that come in from the portal. Tysheem Johnson from Ole Miss, Evan Williams from Fresno state, a couple of, uh, highly touted safeties from the 23 class, Tyler Turner, who's already enrolled Cody, the Canberra from national powerhouse, Bishop Gorman. You have Trajan Williams who comes back from the 2022 recruiting class. So you have plenty of bodies there, but of those three veterans, Hill, Stevens, Addison, I don't think any of those guys necessarily separated themselves as that guy needs to be on the field. I kind of said that in a recent episode, so I don't want to repeat myself too much, but I think that they can afford to at least try to move Hill down to the inside linebacker spot because he's a really good tackler. And I think he's uh, you know, an opportunistic guy when it comes to making plays on the ball. And we know how Oregon's coverage at linebacker has struggled in recent years. And that's definitely a priority for, new inside linebackers coach, Brian Michalowski. So why not? Why not give Jamal Hill a, a shot at inside linebacker? I think that he's he's proven that he can be a quality player, but maybe hasn't necessarily lived up to the, to the expectations at safety. And uh, if he can help you out at linebacker, I don't see why you wouldn't at least give it a try um, because it worked out pretty well with Jeffrey Bossa. So maybe they can capture that again with Jamal Hill. Another quote that I think is worth mentioning, Lanning was asked about guys that are stepping out as leaders on the first day of spring practice. And he said, quote, Jamal Hill is a guy on defense that's really stepped up and has shifted and been in different locations and really shown some maturity here, some maturity there. So he's, he's working at linebacker already. So they're kind of tweaking this spot with Jamal Hill um, as we stand right now in spring practice. So I think that it definitely makes sense to give Jamal Hill a shot at linebacker. Uh, the safety room's crowded, and maybe you see a bigger need for Jamal Hill at linebacker. All right, moving right along for our with our next storyline in the first couple practices of spring football is a big year two on the way for Josh Connerly Jr. Josh Connerly Jr. burned his red shirt in 2022 and appeared in every game for the Ducks, primarily staking his claim at the left tackle spot and that 14-J formation. I think that it was encouraging to see him play so much as a true freshman, even though he never necessarily started. I mean, he maybe he started in that 14-J formation, but he wasn't um, he wasn't beating out you know some of those veterans like T.J. Bass. Um, Molly Sala Amavelaulu as a, as a tackle, but it was great to see him play so much as a true freshman. I think that's an encouraging sign of things to come. I think that we're going to see more guys from the 2023 class than the 22 class play as true freshmen, and it's not going to be because they need to play. It's going to be because they're really good players. And um, I think that's a sign of good things to come. You want recruiting classes that are going to push your veterans for snaps and in some cases take their jobs. Um, I don't think you ever want to be in the spot where you need to rely on true freshmen, but if you're bringing in guys that are that high caliber, that talented, it's saying a lot of good things about where your program is at in terms of just acquiring top end guys. But Connerly was a guy that stood out to Jan Lanning and he was a, very quick to give Connerly some praise on the first day of spring practice, saying, quote, a guy that really stands out to me going into year two is Josh Connerly. This guy's working his tail off in everything that he absolutely does, the way he stretches, 
just the way he approaches everything, his mentality in the classroom as well. So what does or what would a big year look like for Josh Connerly Jr.? Would it be starting along the offensive line? Would it be starting at left tackle? I mean, that that could be the next logical step in his transition to a bigger role for Oregon. But is Aleek Terry, is the rest of this offensive line staff going to feel comfortable with him? to comfortable enough with his ability to start him at left tackle in just his second year of college football. Cause let's think about it. Starting at left tackle is super hard to do. And adding on to that, that is a really, really important position along your offensive line because whoever starts at left tackle for Oregon next year, your number one job is going to be keeping Bo Nix upright and protecting his blind side. I'm thinking Sandra Bullock and the blind side, um, you know, just it's going to be really important to keep Bo Nix upright and to keep that guy healthy. So maybe we see Josh Connerly start at left tackle. I know that Johnny Cornelius, the transfer offensive lineman from Rhode Island, I think he worked primarily at right tackle before he got to Oregon. So maybe he starts at right tackle. But then you also have Stephen Jones. Stephen Jones um, has been a regular at off- offensive line for Oregon has kind of moved all around the offensive line, but he's back and you figure that he's probably going to be a starter. So how does Josh Connerly stack up with Steven Jones and some of these other guys that are returning along that offensive line for Oregon? Um, Do you want to put a guy that's that young at your left tackle spot? Because he's the highest rated offensive lineman in school history, but that doesn't mean a whole lot. You know, once you get to Oregon, once you get to any school, you just got to play stars don't matter, but The reason I bring up that he's the highest rated offensive lineman that the Ducks have ever signed is because there's a clear bar, a clear, clear bar that's been set for offensive line play. And it's Panay Sewell, who played that left tackle spot uh, very, very early on in his college career and, you know, manhandled people for lack of a better word. He was he was that good. So I think that you kind of have to look at yourself, look at the situation and kind of just ask. What does a big year look like for Josh Connerly? Is it starting? Is it being more heavily featured in the rotation? Where does Josh Connerly kind of stack up with not only some of the returners like Jackson Powers Johnson and Marcus Harper, uh, Faope Laulu, but where does he stack up with some of these transfers that come in? Johnny Cornelius, Junior Anglau, more on more on those guys in a little bit on this episode of the Ducks Dish podcast, but. I think that Josh Connerly is definitely poised to take a leap from year one to year two. I think it's great that the Ducks were able to get him on the field as much as they did and not necessarily need to get him on the field with the game on the line or in really, really important situations. I think if you can kind of ease guys into the college game a little bit more, that's going to kind of help with their overall progression. So it's going to be an interesting one because you have Leek Terry come in to take over the offensive line. Mike Cavanaugh comes in. Uh, you have Cutter Leftwich who comes over from UCLA. He's another name to know working with the offensive line. But there's big expectations for Josh Connerly Jr. Um, I know that some fans might have been worried that he was going to transfer after Clem took the job with the Patriots. But it doesn't look like, at least for now, that that's the case. And I didn't, I didn't hear any buzz or intel about that. You just know how fans get on social media and always want to jump to the worst case conclusions, but I think a big year two could absolutely be on the way for Josh Connerly. 
who enters his true sophomore season in 2023. Uh, it's another year with Wilson Love, uh, a full offseason under his belt for the first time. You'll remember that he uh, committed to Oregon a little bit on the later side in April as one of the as the highest rated 2020 recruit 2022 recruit in Dan Lanning's recruiting class. So I think that the pieces are there. Um, you know, you have a little bit of uncertainty, some transition, I should say, between Clem and Alik Terry, and then some of these new guys coming in. But I think that when it's all said and done, Josh Connerly is going to be an offensive lineman that we see plenty of in 2023. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, moving right along in our episode of the podcast. Hope everybody's having a, a solid Monday so far. Quick favor to ask of you guys, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe to the channel if you're watching here on YouTube. We're at Oregon Football Max Taurus, uh, really trying to get more consistent and put some more quality stuff out for you guys. And you know how much I enjoy doing this. So if you could just take a second out of your day, it really supports the channel and I really appreciate it. But that is all I'm going to ask on that for today. Here's another interesting storyline. More early enrollees are on the way for Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks in spring football. And I say more and Let's think about this. Oregon had, I think the number was 26. 26 newcomers joined this Oregon football team for the start of spring football. That's transfers. That's early enrollees from the high school level. 
so we're just seeing a massive roster overhaul for the Ducks here in the offseason. And it's something that is becoming increasingly normalized in college football, right? You're just seeing mass waves of change, mass waves of exodus is, if that's the right word, exodi. No, it's definitely not the word. But you're seeing a lot of movement is the point that I'm making along these rosters across the country. And for Oregon to have as many new guys as they did was huge because Dan Lanning kind of likened it to almost a, the equivalent of a redshirt year or like an extra year for guys who have never been at Oregon before talking about the value of enrolling early, getting guys up to the college speed, um, you know, getting them in the weight program, getting them to have their head in the playbook. Even if they're not going to be playing major roles, you need guys that know the plays, know what's going on so that, cause they can have their name called at any time. And then you have the other end of the spectrum that I've talked about plenty, you know, just being a college athlete, being a college student, I think that the grind, uh, if you've gone to college, you know, the grind is a lot different than when you were in high school. You know, so much more responsibility is on you. The buck stops with you. Um, So that's a a big part of it. So Oregon had a number of really, really talented guys that we got to kind of see for the first time out there on the practice fields in that green and yellow. We saw Mateo Uyunglele. We saw Tyler Turner. We saw Tatum Tuioti. Um, Austin Novosad, the, the early enrollee quarterback from Dripping Springs, Texas in the 2023 class. He was there. He was a longtime Baylor commit, if you'll remember. Dante Dowdell, Jaden Lamar, Cole Martin. Uh, just a couple names that uh, are already enrolled and on campus for Oregon as the Ducks make their way through spring practice. But more is on the way, fortunately for Oregon, seeing that they are on the quarter system. This is going to allow them to add a couple more guys at the start of next term to join the team in uh, you know, really the bulk of spring football practice. We've been able to confirm two guys that are going to be joining the Ducks for spring practice from the 2023 class. That's defensive back Solomon Davis from Charter Oaks in Covina, California, and linebacker Jerry Mixon from Sacred Heart Cathedral in San Francisco, California. Um, Jerry Mixon also played basketball for the Irish. And I want to say they might've won a state title or at least gone very far in the playoffs. So that's a multi-sport guy. Solomon Davis has been uh, tabbed as a sleeper uh, by some recruiting experts in Oregon's 2023 class. I want to say it was Greg Biggins of 247 who tabbed him as a sleeper in the class. And, and I'm, I'm feeling inclined to agree. You know, I wasn't able to see Solomon play in 2022 and this, you know, in his senior season, but just after talking to the guy, talking to his father, talking to his coaches, everyone just had nothing but good things to say about him. And he seems like a very cerebral guy, someone who has a great, great feel for the game. And it's probably going to come to Oregon with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because he kind of flew under the radar in this recruiting class that signed a lot of corners. You know, Cole Martin, who I already mentioned, he's already at Oregon. Dalen Austin's another big name. Roderick Pleasant. You have names like that. And Maybe you kind of forget about Solomon Davis a little bit, but I mean, he he's he's a great guy, great kid, and, and he's an awesome player who's going to arrive at Oregon probably feeling like he has something to prove. But I think that the sky's the limit for him, and, and Oregon needs the help at cornerback, right? They need the help at corner with Gonzalez going off to the NFL, and, and um, pretty much almost every opponent they faced last year just dicing them up through the air, so the passing off passing defense really needs to improve for the ducks in 2023 and Solomon Davis could find himself playing a, uh, playing a big part of that. And then Jerry Mixon is another guy that I think 
should be able to try to at least compete for some snaps next year. I'm not going to say that I think he's going to start, but like I said earlier on, when we were talking about Jamal Hill potentially changing positions. Linebacker is, you know, especially on the inside is not a particularly deep group for the ducks. And I don't think that there's a lot of guys that have spots locked down in that too deep, right? I think you probably have Justin Jacobs and um, you have Jeffrey Bossa, Keith Brown, as some of your primary guys. But after that, it's kind of a toss-up. You have Connor Soley, who comes in from Arizona State. He's a name that also, uh, you know, is worth mentioning at that spot uh, along the linebacker group. So it's it's uh, it's going to be kind of cool. You know, you definitely have some uncertainty at a couple of different groups, but this is why recruiting is fun. You get to see what these guys are like in high school and then see who can, who can't make that jump uh, to the college level. or Or maybe they don't make the jump right away. And then they kind of, you know, you got to just develop them, right? That's a big part of it. You got to, um, you got to, oh, shoot, I'm trying to think of what it was. I saw it on Demetrius Martin's Twitter the other day. It was like, find them, recruit them, sign them, develop them, something like that. It was like a very cool three-step graphic, but uh, that kind of, you know, backs up my point uh, a little bit here as we're talking about that and uh, where, where some of these guys ultimately find themselves on the depth chart come 2023. We're only in the spring, in the first two practices of spring, so don't have a too much of a depth chart, but we can kind of take our best guess. And then uh, two more names to keep an eye on. I don't think they've been confirmed to me, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they showed up and um, were enrolled for spring practice. I'm talking about Dalen Austin, the 2023 corner out of Long Beach Poly. Um, you know, from some of the sources that I've talked to, I heard that he already graduated from Long Beach Poly. So the next step would, would kind of just logically be, uh, enrolling at the university of Oregon. So, uh, keep an eye out for Dalen Austin. He could be a new addition for the ducks when things, uh, when they reconvene to resume spring practice. And then also former Ole Miss safety, Taishim Johnson. Uh, I would think that Oregon would probably want to get him, uh, up and rolling, in this uh, spring practice, he's the only guy that the Ducks signed out of the transfer portal that has not enrolled and joined the team. So um, probably, again, it makes sense to, to think that they would be able to get Taishim Johnson on campus, rocking and rolling for the remainder of spring practice. He is the, uh, you know, the last or the most recent transfer portal guy to commit to the Ducks. So that would probably explain why he hasn't joined the team just yet. but. Even with so many new faces, so many newcomers for Dan Landing and the Ducks in spring football, more early enrollees are on the way. All right, rolling right along, we're going to hit on some injury updates for Oregon football. The latest injury updates for the Ducks as we conduct spring football. I guess we enter that little bit of a break, but spring football is underway and we got a couple of injury updates, so worth mentioning. Um, let's start with the, you, are you, are you guys start with the good news or start with the bad news type of people? I kind of feel like I'm more of a start with the bad news. That way it kind of, uh, softens the blow a little bit and you have the good news to look forward to. So we'll go ahead and do that. Starting with the bad news. If you want to call it that, um, Texas offensive line transfer junior Angelau is limited in spring practice, according to head coach, Dan Lanning, um, Junior Angelau suffered a knee injury at Texas in a fall camp leading up to the start of the 2022 season. So that knee injury caused him to miss the entirety of the 2022 season. 
which is definitely a, a bummer. But even with him missing all of the 2022 season, this is a guy who has played a lot, a lot of football for the Longhorns. He started each of the three years that he was uh, at Texas, even before the 2022 season. So that's 2019, 2020, and 2021. Uh, he started and played in, I want to say, at least 12 games for the Longhorns in each of those years, primarily manning down the interior, whether that be at left guard, right guard. Um, we'll have to see where he ultimately ends up playing for the Ducks. This is a huge offensive lineman, as you would expect. Listed on the 2022 Texas roster at 6'6", 311, coming out of the state of Utah. We know that Utah has a strong and rich tradition of really, really good linemen. And um, the Ducks got another one on their roster for 2023. So Dan Lanning didn't give any kind of a timeline for when we might see Junior Angelau return to full health. But uh, that's definitely a guy to keep an eye on because he's one of the top transfers for Oregon from the 2023 cycle this offseason. He projects to be uh, a guy who is heavily involved for the Oregon Ducks along their offensive line. If we're looking at guard, um, you know, guys that come back from last year, you have Marcus Harper, you have uh, Jackson Powers Johnson, who really played all over the line. But I think that Jackson Powers Johnson could be a guy who we see as the starting center for the Ducks next year, or maybe they start. Marcus Harper instead, although Marcus Harper played a lot of left guard last year. So you could see yourself with uh, Jackson Powers Johnson as the starting center. And then you have Marcus Harper on the left. Maybe you see Junior Angelau on the right. So we're going to kind of have to keep juggling this offensive line rotation and, and try to get a good feel for where these guys ultimately line up. But um, so not the best injury news for the Ducks, seeing that Junior Angelau is limited and not able to go through everything for the Ducks in spring practice. But uh, he's out there. He's uh, he's working his way back to full health, and, and hopefully he'll be back with the team before too long. Now for the good news, Iowa transfer linebacker Justin Jacobs is a full go for Oregon during spring practice. Uh, again, like Angelau, um, Justin Jacobs suffered a season-ending injury. It was uh, reported by ESPN as a soft tissue injury. Uh, the report didn't specify where on his body it was. But um, basically what happened with Justin Jacobs is that he had that soft tissue injury, missed two games, and then he returned to play against Rutgers last year, re-aggravated, worsened the injury, and he had to have season-ending surgery. So now that he's able to kind of move around, be flying around the field and, and running with that Oregon defense, that's definitely a good sign because he's already been tabbed as one of the top NFL draft prospects for the 2024 class uh, in college football. I think that there's a lot of reason – to be optimistic that Justin Jacobs could be someone who has an awesome season at Oregon because he's going to be getting coached up by guys like Dan Lanning, Tosh Lapoy, um, obviously now Brian Michalowski, Tony Tuioti, some other names in that on that defensive coaching staff. So there's reason to think that this Oregon coaching staff is going to be able to get the most out of him. And he's been touted for his speed, for his athleticism, for his physicality, for his coverage ability. We talked about how important coverage ability is. Uh, we don't have any updated heights and weights for these guys in spring football, but he was listed on the Iowa roster last year. I want to say at 6'4", 220 pounds, so they'll probably try to beef him up a little bit more. But um, the thing that I'm most excited about is his ability to help in pass coverage, but he also has some upside as a pass rusher, which Oregon definitely needs some help with. You obviously look to the uh, outside linebackers, the edge rushers to do that, but if you can get some more inside, some rush ability from that inside, 
uh, of your linebacker core, that's a major bonus as well. So Justin Jacobs is a full go for the Ducks, which is really good news because they're going to need him in this 2023 season. I want to try to get that guy running with the ones as soon as you possibly can. So a little bit of a mixed bag of injury news for the Ducks in spring football so far early on. Junior Angelau is limited and Justin Jacobs is a full go. All right, so we have gotten to the point in the show where we're going to switch gears a little bit, go from the on-field product to off the field to the recruiting trail, talking about Oregon recruiting notes coming out of the weekend. Got a couple interviews. Um, I was able to do one interview with Texas offensive tackle Bennett Warren out of Fort Bend Christian Academy in Sugarland, Texas. And the big thing with him is that the visit went so well for Bennett Warren that he is going to be returning for an official visit with the Ducks in June, has also locked in a trip with Oklahoma uh, to take an official visit there. So that's uh, that's definitely a big um, a big update for we're going to be getting starting to get some of these official visits locked in uh, with, with guys, especially along the offensive line. I think that's a group that uh, we're, we're still waiting to see what's ultimately going to happen because there's so much shakeup with the coaching staff there. But here's a picture if you're watching on YouTube of Bennett Warren posted alongside from left to right. You got Cutter Leftwich on the left, Bennett Warren in the white. Uh, and then you have Blake Frazier, another talented offensive lineman out of the state of Texas. And then you also have Mike Cavanaugh uh, standing uh, with his arms crossed there in the black. Uh, he's a new assistant offensive line coach that's working with Alik Terry on this staff. Comes over from Arizona State after previous stops at Syracuse, Nebraska, Oregon State. This guy's super experienced and a huge asset for Oregon's offensive line. And then you have Alik Terry, the new offensive line coach rounding out the group on the far right in the white. Um, but Bennett Warren had a lot of really good things to say about this coaching staff. You know, he got to spend time with, with most of these guys, Dan Lanning, Carlos Lachlan as well. And he was talking about Alik Terry saying that he's just a super hyper guy, but he's a guy that's just fun to hang around. And even though he's a young guy, he's got some good experience. He mentioned the, the, the coaching staff with, at the Vikings with the Vikings uh, and a couple other spots. So the message that he sent that he told me Oregon is sending him in his recruitment is that the Ducks are here to stay and that they're kind of making their statement as one of the top schools uh, in his recruitment. So really good for Oregon to get an official visit, especially after just his first time out in Eugene. This was a trip that actually kind of was spur of the moment. Uh, Bennett Warren's mom had a job interview out in Portland. So uh, he and his dad got a rental car and decided to go over to Eugene and spend a couple of days with the Ducks. So kind of cool how things like that just work out. Uh, Bennett Warren was offered by the Ducks in February, made his first trip out to, to Eugene in March, and he's uh, looking like he's going to be a major priority for the Ducks along that offensive line. 6'8", 320 pounds is what uh, Bennett Warren comes in at when we're looking at height and weight. Uh, but some other schools that he's hearing a lot from right now, we have obviously Oregon, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, LSU, and Florida State. This is a guy that we're talking about almost 30 reported scholarship offers for Bennett Warren, highly, highly coveted guy, four-star prospect on 247 sports on their composite. Um, but that was kind of the first visit interview that I was able to get from the weekend. Hopefully going to get some more as the day continues on, but um, some early return for the ducks uh, out of the, the weekend, you know, they were able to host a number of really important guys in their 2024 class that they're going after. 
Um, they were also able to host a couple of commits. You had uh, Fox Crater as well as Jackson Jones make their way back to campus. Jackson Jones being um, one of Oregon's edge rushers that's committed in this class. I'm, I'm looking to pull this up so I can share it on my screen. So you have Jackson Jones. Here's a picture of him with uh, Dan Lanning, and, and I, I want to say his father is there as well. So important to get those commits back on campus to help, you know, reaffirm their commitments, just show them why they fell in love with Oregon in the first place. But Jackson Jones telling me that he's locked in with the Ducks. And then I also mentioned offensive tackle Fox Crater from uh, Evergreen High School in Vancouver, Washington. He was on campus as well. He's a guy who's been in the headlines a lot lately because of uh, the fact that he's going to be taking a whole bunch of visits um, in the near future. And a lot of people saw that and were thinking, well, why is he taking these visits? It must be because Adrian Clem left. And I talked to Fox Crater and you can look at that story. It's a little old now, but it's up there on ducksdigest.com. Um, Fox Crater was saying, you know, a lot of people were thinking that I was just taking these visits to other schools because I'm getting offered and coach Clem left, but I was going to check out these schools anyway to make sure that this was the right school for me. Um, so Fox Crater is a, a name you got to keep watching, but uh, Alik Terry got to meet him and, you know, have that face-to-face -face interaction as they continue to build their relationship with that uh, offensive line uh, change on the coaching staff in Eugene. number of other really talented guys made their way out to Oregon this past weekend. You're looking at Bryce West, the 2024 corner from Cleveland. He's an elite guy that's high on Oregon's board, as well as Jalen McClain, the talented safety in 2024 out of New Jersey. He took his first trip out to Eugene. He's a major target for the Ducks as well. Um, so there's a lot of big guys that are coming out to Oregon for these trips. They're, uh, it's important for Oregon to get these priority targets out to Eugene. And then something to keep in mind, all these visits are building towards the spring game on April 29th, which is Oregon's marquee recruiting event every single year. So that's going to be their biggest visitor weekend. Um, and you also have Saturday Night Live, which is usually late in July. But uh, Oregon's getting a lot of these priority guys out to campus for visits. I think that quarterback has to be a continued priority in the 2024 recruiting class. Dylan Rayola is obviously the biggest name that everyone wants to talk about. He has reportedly scheduled a visit to Oregon on April 29th for the spring game, but USC looks like they're the front runners in that recruitment right now. That's not to say that it's over, but there are a lot of factors going in USC's favor there. So Oregon has to keep their options open and keep recruiting guys. You're looking at guys like Michael Van Buren out of St. Francis Academy in Baltimore. You're looking at Luke Moga, uh, another 2024 quarterback out of Sunny Slope High School in Phoenix. Those are some of the other top quarterbacks uh, that Oregon is recruiting in the 2024 class. And we know how important it is to get a really quality quarterback in the fold early because if you can get these guys in the fold early, they are so often the face of your recruiting class, of your recruiting efforts, and they you can use them to kind of more or less build your class around and get guys excited say, hey, you want to catch passes for this guy. You want to block for this guy. You want to take handoffs from this guy. So quarterback is a major priority for Oregon. They were also able to host Kamar Mathudi, one of the top linebackers in the 2024 class out of Campbell Hall High School in Valley Village, California, out here in my neck of the woods in Southern California. He is a major priority for Dan Lanning and the Ducks on defense. He's only continued to see his stock take off, see his stock rise on the recruiting trail, right? 
Um, so huge for them to get him on campus this past weekend. He's a priority target for Oregon and someone that I think the Ducks lead for at the moment. Um, so I wanted to make sure I mentioned that, but Kamar Mathudi got out onto campus for a visit and uh, important to keep bringing these top guys in as much as you possibly can. Um, and now the official visits are kind of starting to get uh, into focus for a lot of these top guys. I think some people are, some recruits are taking their officials as early as April and May. Um, so, you know, they take those official visits and then often after that, they are ready to make their college commitment. So we just got to try to keep track of it all. Um, but those are kind of some of the early recruiting notes that we have coming out of the weekend for Oregon. All right. So covered a lot of really good stuff in this episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. We talked about Bo Nix. We talked about Jamal Hill. Um, we talked about Josh Connerly, early enrollees. We talked about injury updates and some recruiting notes as well. So a lot of really good stuff on this episode as the Ducks have their first two spring practices. They're going to be back in action on April 4th. And uh, we're going to be there to follow all of the notes and updates and Make sure you guys lock in with me on social media. I'm at mtaurussports on both Twitter and Instagram. And then I'm on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus. And you can find all my written content, my latest uh, my latest stories and coverage covering Oregon football and Oregon football recruiting on DucksDigest.com. Do me a favor and share the Ducks Dish podcast with your friends, with your family, with other Duck fans. That's a tremendous help. And I love it when you guys support the show. Thanks so much for tuning in today. However you tuned in, whether it's on your podcasting platform of choice or you're watching here on YouTube, leave me a comment. Let me know what you're feeling about Oregon football, and uh, I'll try my best to respond to it. Send in those questions if you want to have one featured on a future episode of the podcast. And until next time, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.